0: What's up, friends? You are listening to the very first ever episode of the Secret Chord Podcast, the show about finding the harmony between faith and music and industry. I'm your host, Nick Morrow, and I'm so pumped that you're here. I think you're going to love it. Have you ever struggled to balance your faith and your music and this thing I'm calling for lack of a better word, quote, industry? Like maybe you're a worship leader that works for a church or you're a songwriter who writes for a living or you're a musician or you're a recording artist or whatever. And these things, faith and music and career or industry, they can almost feel like they're fighting each other at times. Well, like you, I'm constantly praying and searching for the right balance of those things. I'm the first to admit I don't know what that balance is a lot of the time, but I do think that it can be done. I don't think that these things are are mutually exclusive Venn diagrams. But it's not always easy, and I think it deserves some of our contemplation. Actually, that's why I started this podcast. If you're a musician, you know that building a chord in music is all about tension three or more specific tensions, to be exact. A chord is any set of three or more notes played simultaneously together. So a G chord, for example, is a G and a B and a D note all played together. And each of those notes has a specific tension that on the guitar or piano strings has to be achieved to get that beautiful G chord. I think finding harmony in our creative lives of faith is similar. So often we want to erase the tension that pops up in our lives, but what if instead we embraced the tension and, forgive the pun, learn to make music out of it? Instead of trying to compartmentalize music and faith and business or money or industry or career or whatever you want to call it, what if we looked for the harmony that comes from the tension instead? On this show, I interview people who have found some sense of harmony in their own lives and careers. I figure we can listen to them and learn together as I try and ask them the questions that we all really want to ask, the questions underneath the questions. My guest today is someone who's found some harmony in the tension of those things. Josh Baldwin is a worship leader, songwriter, and a recording artist with Bethel Music. Interestingly, he's one of the more successful worship leaders that have crossed over into the world of radio, something we talk a little bit about on the show today. You've almost definitely heard some of Josh's songs at church at some point. His catalog of music includes Let the Redeemed, Evidence, You Deserve It All, and probably most notably, Stand In Your Love. Side note, Josh tells a really interesting story in today's episode about the song Stand In Your Love. Josh has been nominated for all kinds of cool awards, and he has radio hits, he's performed in some really incredible places, but maybe most importantly, Josh is also one of the most humble guys I've ever met in the field. And the way he balances his faith and music and career have been an inspiration for me. I think it'll inspire you as well. So here it is, my interview with Josh Baldwin. All right, so um, let's do it. All right. Josh Baldwin, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, it's good to be here.
0: Man, I, listen, most people do the lightning round at the end of the session
1: i'm okay. gonna go lightning round beginning for you i think that's good i like that better You'll i've done a lot of and and yeah i think it's better to go ahead and just like right out of the gate let's do that
0: you've been doing some interviews how many how many lightning rounds have you done today
1: no this is my first today first lightning lightning round
0: <laughs> um okay well how are you how are you feeling on a scale of one to ten? One being the worst day of your life. 10 being the best day of your life. How you doing?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, seven, probably. It's just, it's not, it's above average. You know, it's not a five.
0: It's three away from the best day of your life.
1: Yeah, but I think it's seven. There's the potential for playing golf later today. Wow. I've been playing a lot of golf.
0: What's so. the weather like in Reading there?
1: It is, Um, it's, what's the temp today? Probably high 70s. Oh, wow. Yeah. High seventies, maybe eight, maybe eighties. I could just look on my phone, but that would be way too easy. I'd rather guess. No, let me see. Okay, it's seventy-five. I was okay. It's That's seventy-five. Cool. You know, there's no humidity here, so it's amazing. The yeah. only thing is, we have a lot of wildfires in our in California right now. And the, I think the closest is maybe an hour and a half from us. Hour, so we have a lot of smoke. Oh yeah. The, so the air quality is not amazing. We're, like, at 109 right now, which isn't great, but I've still been playing golf, so.
0: Just, like, hit the ball around the fire.
1: (laughs) Yes. That was, yeah. There was one day a couple weeks ago when the fires got really bad. Um, Not in our, not in Redding, where I live, but an hour away. But we woke up to this, like, ominous-looking, eerie cloud, like, dark, dark smoke cloud over the whole city and it just it it actually was beautiful in a weird i mean i hate saying that because the you know that is like of the effect of like something very tragic happening yeah yeah but over our city it looked kind of crazy how how pretty it was and the crazy thing was the air quality was it like, was was still really good because the smoke was like above our like atmosphere i don't know how yeah, all that was. yeah yeah but we were just out and i was supposed to play golf that day at noon and i was like how are we even it looked like at 8 30 in the morning here it looked like 8 30 p.m here it was so weird that is weird so were we you, went were out You
0: posting about that someone posted about yeah, that yeah that my wife you. okay um, i was gonna say i saw someone.
1: i did i did post it. yeah and um yeah so i did i ended up going and playing golf that day and it was like kind of amazing because it looked like we were playing golf in like the apocalypse and but the air and it looked like you should like why are you outside right now yeah. that is but the air quality was actually great you so, guys
0: are so chill about it like everyone that i know in reading is like yeah there's fires again but you guys have I these know. often but you guys kind of know the drill i guess
1: yeah it's very normal and i mean which is sad that it's normal um yeah you could go down a whole down a long rabbit trail <laughs> as to like why i feel like it's normal and maybe shouldn't be but um yeah. but yeah it's I yeah I, which is funny because when we moved here five years ago i'm from north carolina we we never have anything like this you know we never right. have fires like that it's just it rains too much it's too humid and, and yeah but um so yeah so this was well, i remember my first summer here and it was just I'd w- I woke up one day and I walk outside and it smells like campfire outside. I'm like, what is going on? It's so smoky. And I'm like freaking out, like our whole city's burning down. And, yeah. you know, and the, my neighbor's like, no, the fire's in the mountains, like about 45 minutes away. He's like, Which sounds happens. freaky. Which sounds crazy. Yeah. But now yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, it's like four. my, my family are like, how close are the fires? And I'm like, maybe an hour. It's like, it's like no big deal. Yeah. But we also, you know, two years ago we had the big car fire that right. came through. That was uh, yeah. and that we actually had to evacuate and that that actually burned I don't know, a thousand or more homes in Reading. Yeah. yeah. So that and that was like that actually did show me the difference between it's like an hour away right. and it's in your city and it's happening. Get, you know, so, yeah,
0: Josh, that but was the know, the, that's the that's longest right. lightning round answer <laughs> ever. <laughs> the history <laughs> your next question i'm gonna throw you if if this is the rate at which we're gonna go for the lightning round i mean we're not even to the real questions yet um what's all right if you've got your desert island and you've got three to five songwriters oh god you can listen to you can listen to their whole catalog but you've only got three to five who are you going
1: with don't think too hard I'll just say three, so that we don't. Because I know this could go on another five hours. Know how I answer questions? Three. Uh, it would definitely be Tom Petty. Um. Oh my goodness, that's tough. Probably Ryan Adams. I almost mm-hmm. feel I get scared saying his name nowadays.
0: Well, after you tell your, th- I'll tell us a, a story about Ryan Adams after you tell me your third.
1: Okay. Um. I mean, I would say those two, and I'm trying to think another one. Um, I'll you know what? I'll go with my buddy, um, and it's just to keep it Christian, John Mark McMillan.
0: Oh yeah, and he's got yeah. a pretty big body of work at this point.
1: Yeah, he's yeah, got a solid. Yeah. yeah, I'll go with three. Solid.
0: Well, Ryan Adams. Here's my Ryan Adams story. I was in I was in Franklin, uh. I don't know. It was beginning this year before COVID hit. Yeah. And I found gold on record, right? And it's two records, uh and it was like twelve bucks for a double album. Wow. And that's what—that's maybe my favorite Ryan Adams record. And so I was like, I gotta get it. And I go to check out, and I was like, Ryan Adams for twelve is amazing. The owner of the store starts really leaning into me hard for buying a Ryan Adams rec- for. <laughs> and i was like well listen here like you still listen to the beatles right and she was like yeah and i was like well so i don't really understand the whole like he's kind of a jerk and so we don't listen to his music because half the people we listen to their music right are... and ain't nobody thought that ryan adams was making good life decisions doing <laughs> drugs a... you know what i mean like
1: There's a long list of you know artists and songwriters that did not make great choices in life yeah we so... still
0: love them and buy their records and
1: give them lots of money totally i mean
0: yeah i support your ryan adams, <laughs> love ryan adams. i support any worship leader who's leaning in ryan music
1: i support his music oh uh, we don't support their life decisions there we go you know. so, you, so
0: you you have your album is coming out a week from tomorrow
1: a week from tomorrow yeah i have another sing another single i had a single come out this past friday yep one more single's coming out tomorrow or tonight at midnight, and then the whole album comes out next week, next Friday. The October.
0: whole, and we're saying this as if like people are listening right now. People will be listening in the future, so we're kind of back to the future. But back the to... the cool thing is, I can ask you, how, like you you were at like the twilight right before the album releases. How are you yeah. feeling right now about it?
1: Oh wow, I um, I feel excited. I feel nervous yeah like it's just like it feels like um a way scaled down version of having a baby do you know i mean you <laughs> i'm glad you didn't I mean, make
0: like, the comparison yeah
1: you know i like it um you're so excited to see it and and you're and then you're excited for everyone else to see your 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 baby
0: yeah
1: but then you're also nervous and you hope everything goes well i mean this yeah. you know it's kind of funny now that i'm thinking about this comparing it to actual life like <laughs> to a to a a child being given to you but um
0: no this is you, real though like as, as a creative a you've put so, you, a lot of your heart and soul in the last yeah. year or two into this record like it's a lot of work
1: yeah and it's like I I feel good about it I'm very proud of proud of it and um and not just and I'm proud of the songs I'm proud of the production everybody that was on it the um everything down to the the artwork the you know all that went into it if the videos um yeah I, it feels good and i'm proud of it but then there's also that like i hope everyone else likes it too yeah. you know and there's at some extent i have to just like let go and be like well i meet my wife and i and a lot of our people who poured their hearts into this we love it yeah and so that's what matters totally But then there's also like this is also what I do, and hope it makes money. I hope, yeah, no, I'm very. It's like it's that that line you go between like this is art and just let it, you know, it needs to be like yes, it is. Also, this is the way I feed my kids, so I do hope people like it, hundred percent. So there, yeah, I'm I feel like right in that um that tension right now, but I'm I'm excited, and I think I'm probably um. I'm more i'm yeah i'm i'm more excited than than nervous probably at this point yeah which is good for me because i have a ten a tendency to to lean towards the um not gloomy but i'm a nine on the enneagram I'm, Okay, that right yeah so that i can like i almost go to like the realistic like well and i'll i'll prepare for the worst in a lot of ways yeah you know? sure yeah, which my wife cannot stand. She's like, don't do that. Don't you dare like you just this is what's going to happen. We hope for the, you know, that's she right. has all.
0: it's very anti Bethel of you.
1: It is very anti Bethel of me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, you listed I, there, you said several things I actually want to ask you about. But in terms of the, the, the nitty gritty of the album, that's actually several of, of the things I wanted to ask between artwork and personnel and where you recorded and all this. You, you kind of had a yeah. special team. Because you did a lot of it with the Creek guys or the whole thing. What? How did that play out? I
1: did. Yeah. Th- so there's 11 songs on the album, and I did nine of them with David Leonard, uh, Brad uh, King, Seth Tally. With and they're all to t- collectively together. They're Creek music, um, or the Creek Boys, as I call them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I did most of the albums with them. I did two two songs. Um. evident The song Evidence, which is the title track, and yeah. then. Mighty God, another song on the album. I did those with Ed Cash and, um, and with, which I love Ed. And he's, he's done, he did, uh, Stand in Your Love with me and, or produced it. And then he produced, um, another single, Let Redeemed. Dinged. And yeah. so I had hexed him too. So, so I did those two songs with him. But then most of it is with David and, and the Creek guys. And, um, and it, it yeah, it, it was such a fun process. Yeah. It felt really easy and just, natural so let
0: the redeemed stand in your love not on the new album is that right
1: they're not on the new album yeah i feel about that i went back and forth with i had people tell me that i had that you should put okay fun story um story time story time right, with Josh. <laughs> are we out of the lightning round because i'm totally oh yeah we're, we're not we're like deep in not it quick okay we're in it all right so two years ago a year ago I can't remember. Oh, I was at the Caleb Awards with, and I it was after the after the show, and we were hanging out. I was hanging out with uh, named. I'm gonna name drop Phil Wickham, who's an amazing guy, and his uh, his. I think it's the guy that was with him was is the head of of Phil's the label that Phil's on. Okay. And I can't remember that label, and I can't remember that guy's name, which is probably really horrible. I just didn't i just didn't i had never met him but he and he was so so kind and phil was introducing me and that guy was he was talking to me about standing to love and just being very kind and he said are you doing an album because he knew that was just a single well it was a single for me but it was also on the the bethel music victory album
0: yep
1: he said are you doing an album yourself and i said yeah i'm just starting to i was in the process of finishing songs for it and just starting the whole who are we doing the album with that kind of thing for for this solo album that i'm doing and um, he was like, you have to put Standing Your Love on that album. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I was like, well, I don't, it's probably not coming out for another year or so. And he was like, you still, you have to. And so Phil was like, dude, if he says it, you need to. He's been do in the it. business forever. So I kept thinking of that. And then it turns out we didn't do that. <laughs> Let me, no, walk me through that. Because this is part
0: of what is so fascinating to me. And i have a theory so the beatles used to do this right where like people people don't know this most of the time like strawberry fields penny lane not on a beatles album right they do singles and uh-huh. then they would do an album concurrently but they didn't but walk me through your process of why stand in your love which is i would guess your biggest song
1: oh yeah didn't totally. go on the album and um i think well we had like the single version we had like the, the radio version that was out and then we had the live version that was on the victory album and um and I think we had, we had always intended on putting it on this album coming out and then I think so much time passed by the album's coming out later than I than I thought back then it's coming out when I I'm, I'm glad it's coming out now and I think the timing's great for for me now but um I think back then I thought it was going to be sooner so I thought you know it makes sense to have standing your love on it you know but now it's been so long since it's been like two years over a little over two years since standing your love came out. And there's also another version of standing your love that came out on the peace album. That's more of a chill version
0: Yeah.
1: that, that, um, that I love, I think it might be my favorite version of that song. And, um, you know, that's like three different versions now of standing your love. And I just, I don't know. I, I thought maybe it was time to like, you know, just kind of like that's what that, the last three years were the stand in your love years, and maybe yeah. it's time to, and And um, there wasn't a push from anybody in Bethel Music to like throw that on my album, and so um, yeah, it felt it felt like it might be a little redundant to throw it on there at this point. Yeah, and I didn't want to do it. Um, I didn't want to trick people into like listening to this album, if that makes sense. Oh, you know, yeah. I didn't. And maybe that's not wise uh, business. you know looking back maybe i'll regret that but i was just like man i i would love for this album to be the evidence album and be yeah that and not be like um you know like oh that's daniel love he did stand your love let's listen to this whole album but you know and i think nowadays with streaming and all that kind of i i feel like i don't feel like it's it's quite as um important to like throw that song on there to sell this album because, you know, you're going to have physical copies that you sell. You know, if you go to my Spotify, if you go to Apple music, the first song you're going to see is probably standing in your love. You're That's there. Let's fact check I know, that right now. I, mean, I know if you go on my Spotify that the number one, it's probably all different. And I bet in my top, I'm just going to guess in my top five songs, I guarantee you, "Stand Your Love" has probably got three different versions up there.
0: You just looked. You looked right before that. Oh, I'm not looking. I'm three not out looking. Of, Three out of five are "Stand in Your Love" different versions.
1: So it's there. Yeah. And I, you know, people have plenty of versions to listen to of that. And I, I, yeah, I don't. I didn't feel like it was quite as honestly. I had more of a hard time not putting "Let the Redeemed" on the album because I, yeah. I only had the single version of it. And I, we do it live a lot. We do it here at Bethel for for worship. And I was like, I want the the version we do live. I, I want that version on an album. Yeah. So I was gonna put "Let the Redeemed" on this album, but then we didn't because I released the live at church album earlier this year, and we have our live right. version of "Let the Redeemed" on that album. Yeah. And so that kind of filled that void for me, which I love. I I think that was great because it got me. I want. I just moved completely past the last three years in every way like the war is over the last album stand in your love let the redeem. the two singles that came out they were amazing and then now it's like okay now this is like the next chapter is, yeah. is ev- evidence and everything that is wrapped up in in in, in these songs in this album so it just felt good i don't business wise maybe it wasn't the best decision but...
0: <laughs> well that's interesting because so many so many labels would never do that right like phil wickham's producer or yeah. owner said he's
1: amazing and feels awesome so there's probably a reason yeah
0: and yeah, yeah but but you i've you also mentioned you put out another album not that long like a few months ago
1: yeah in april and that was kind of out of nowhere
0: you did you have all that recorded before that was it just like mixed and put together
1: uh, or so, yeah so the way that came about is we were starting well i was in the middle of tracking for this album the evidence album and I, um, I, I just, I had had a hard time. I think it was hard for me to grab hold of some of these new songs because I was still so attached to my old songs in some ways the war is over album. And, um, and I really, and, and I was talking with some of the guys here and they were like, listen, I mean, you have all these songs that we do at church all the time that haven't been on a Bethel live album necessarily, but like, there's no live versions of them out and i was like yeah and, it, and i don't know why that like irked me and so, not like in a bad i just like i i feel like i'm not done with these songs back here and i need these versions to get out and so we were like well why don't we just you know try to throw together? like i'm we've done a lot of these we've done these songs so many times we're always recording at bethel so we have like them archived and so
0: yeah you guys are always rolling basically it's always rolling yeah and um uh,
1: And so they were like, do you want to just go find some, you know, let's pick out a handful of songs that you feel like are the best from those albums that we do live. And um, and I was like, yeah, let me, I'll go back myself and look for the versions that I feel like grab hold the most. And, uh, and most of them came from worship use from like the live, or the worship school we do in July where we met. And actually probably you were probably at some of those.
0: I was oh, going to say, cool. I'll tell you what was my favorite. I listened whenever you released the live album. I loved it, by the way. It was so like you're you're obviously a great worship leader, but like just the um, you know, the Bethel Moments record that you guys did. And then this one, yeah. it felt very similar where I really you can just feel like I'm here and I'm worshiping with these guys Yeah. all I really want. That's oh, my yeah. favorite on that.
1: Are you there that year?
0: I don't was know, it... but it
1: felt familiar to me.
0: What year did you come uh, to 18? 18.
1: Yeah, that was that year. That's where that, I heard it. Um so a lot of it's from that year. I think the um all I really all I really want that spontaneous moments from that year endlessly is from that year. Fountains and came to my rescue. That's all from that year. Um and then the next year, 2019 was where um we pulled you deserve it all and let the redeemed from those and, um, so those all came from the worship school and then my King forever, which was the one new song on the album. That'll be on my studio album, on evidence too. We're doing a studio version of my King forever, but the live version came from earlier this year at church. And, um, yeah, so we put all those together and it felt, it went from being this like, Oh yeah, I'll throw some like live songs out too. Like, I was like, this feels special. <laughs> you is, know when yeah. I just, started, I mean, I laid it out. I, they let the cool thing is they let me literally do it all my, like, I got to go pick those versions I even found I stumbled across the all I want all I really want is you spontaneous song um and I'd forgotten about that moment and then I was like can we throw this I really feel like this needs to be on there and um and I got to just even put like the track order every how I wanted it to flow and um and then Luke Hendrickson here he mixed it he's our one of our keys players, but he does all our web stream stuff and he mixes a lot of our albums and he's amazing. So it just like, it came together so natural and easy and it ended up being something that was even more special to me than I thought, which I almost, it almost, I almost hated it because it was going to be this quick thing that we just kind of threw out. I knew I it was coming around the time that the Revivals in the Air album was coming out with Bethel Music. So I knew that Bethel Music couldn't get behind it like too much because they were already, throwing out our big compilation album. That's the biggest thing we do every year. And so I knew it was just going to be just like me getting the word out and then word of mouth. And so, um, in that regard, I was like, man, this is really good. I feel like this is really good. And I hate that it's it's kind of this last minute, like I'm going to throw the word out here. So um, there's something special about that too, though.
0: It is, it reminds me almost, you know, how like people will circulate old, like grateful dead tapes or even Ryan Adams, you know, recordings, from like, here's Carnegie Hall from 19 whatever. It's kind of like that where y- y- you whether you were at the uh, you know worship you or the the actual um, live worship time or not, people love to go and listen to these moments that are like because th- it literally only happened one time and it's all live. Yeah, And that's very yeah. different from a studio album, you know, where we've you know manufactured everything to sort of sound exactly how we want it to and all that.
1: Right, and I. That album let me. Once that album came out, came out, it um, I think it really helped me like close the chat, close the book on that chapter, and in a sense look to these new songs that are coming out. And then it was, I looked at these songs, and there was some of the songs that I was like, I don't know, is that a good? Should that even be on this album? And then like, it was so weird. The minute that came out, and I was done with the those songs from War Is Over, um. I looked at these songs and they just like came came alive to me in in bigger ways than they had. And um I don't know. I told my wife, I was like, I just I there was something inside that I wasn't fully done with those songs back mm-hmm. then. And this live version or this live album like did it did what I thought it might do. It's like, okay, that put a bow on that season, that was amazing. And now this is like the evidence chapter and I'm all in and it's and it's been great. And I'm so glad we got to do that
0: yeah. so good man i'm glad you did it i loved it when i listened it's so good um i so in terms of songs speaking of standing in your love yeah. there's a story that you told me and my wife when we first one of the first conversations that we had i don't know if you remember it or not but i remember i was probably giving you kind of a hard time about standing in your love in particular i had heard it at a conference the first time maybe one of the first times you ever let it I don't know there's a video of it when when you let it and and I want to it was in Dallas oh, uh, yeah. at uh the the conference you guys do oh. yeah and and it's this amazing like uh like Tom not Tom Petty it is like Ryan Adams meets like Bon Jovi rock and roll stadium <laughs> slide guitar gnarly like i mean it was just so rock and roll and i remember going home we w- went with uh, uh some friends to that conference and i said how about that rock and roll country jesus song you guys that's going to be a hit like i just remembered and then <laughs> and then so i'd sent that video out to our worship team of course a lot of churches started doing it by that time and then months and months later the the, the studio or the radio version yeah. comes out yeah. and i remember giving you a hard time i'm like josh what's the, what's the deal you've got this like awesome amazing slide guitar and then there's this radio version that's this total K-Love we're, version do you remember what your answer was you told me a little story
1: uh, i I think so i well I remember um I remember we were we were working on that song and when they were doing it I was like, hey where are all the slide guitars at and and <laughs> they were like well Kayla like the radio doesn't usually like slide electric guitars <laughs> and I was like oh all right. I mean, I think th- is that what I told you? Because yeah, that's yeah. kind you, of what I was told.
0: Yeah, you that you you were recording <laughs> it, and like Ed pulled you aside and was like, "Look, I'll do it that way, but they won't play it."
1: He's yeah. He's like uh, traditionally, it's a hard it, it it's a little bit tougher to get them to play it if you're you're gonna leave all these electric guitars on it. And so I was like, you know what? We'll play it like that live, but you do it however. We'll make it sound awesome and something they're gonna want to play.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, and the, that this was what you were explaining and you said something along the lines I remember of if it if it can have an impact on people that it wouldn't otherwise touch. No, totally. For yeah. them to do it in this radio way, I can have my version of it and they right. can have their version of it. And, and it it's that's not my identity. I remember being really impressed by that and very like as as a, a fellow artist and songwriter and someone who can be precious at times about, you know, I want yeah. to sound this way it was so pastoral. Like yeah. that decision. And that to me is a lot of the the integrity or the the dicing of the like I am an artist and I'm a worship leader, but I'm also a follower of Jesus. And I and I'm also a, a business person, essentially. Yeah. And I want to yeah. see these songs actually seek first the kingdom and have impact. And somebody like my mom will hear it on K Love or Christian radio that would not maybe have heard it if it was this like gnarly cool country rock
1: version. Same. My mom either. I mean, my mom would have heard it because I would have played it for her, but she would. (laughs) I, but yeah, no, that's, that's, um, and I think, uh, what I love about the guys that I've been working with and Ed being one of them and and David and, and Brad and Seth, um, they, I think they did it. They did it in a way. Well, Ed did that in a way with standard love, where it still felt honest to the song and to me, like I, it wasn't like a version that i'm like oh i would never play it like that you know like it was i play it like that all the time i play it like that more than i play the version you saw with all the slide guitars and i'm and it feels true to that song it feel it doesn't feel like i you know was um selling out in a way yeah. you know and i think i think there's some there's probably a line there that i want to walk and straddle and just like you know i want to i don't want to be so attached to something that is very petty Yeah. that would true. maybe hinder a lot of people hearing, you know, or, or stop a lot of people from hearing something that I'm very proud about and proud of, not proud about proud of. Yeah, <laughs> and sure. um, yeah. And but then, and then, but then another way, I don't want to go too far to where this song doesn't feel like me at all. Like what in the world? That's not me. You know, because people can feel that too. There's, there's like this authenticity that um, is there to be had, that i still feel like i'm being authentic but also yeah like your mom would be able to hear it on the radio or yeah. wherever she listens to, you know? and and i think um i you know i i remember um talking with john mark about um how he loves years ago and how um crowder he took it and changed the line the the you know it's like now it's like old christian music folklore legend story church is split over this line is split <laughs> over the the sloppy wet kiss and you know Crowder saying unforeseen kiss yeah. and and I remember when when I mean David Crowder asked I hope I don't butcher this story you can cut it out if I do <laughs> but um he I think David they asked, you know he asked John Mark if he can change that line just because you know it wasn't necessarily like a line that should that you would you would hear on radio Christian radio sloppy wet kiss yeah um and I think initially I think John Mark said no And then he started thinking like, wait, why am I holding on? Am I holding on to this? Because, you know, what reasons am I holding on to this? Do I want people to hear this song and be, you know, moved and touched and blessed by it? And, um, and so I think he, you know, eventually said, yes, you can change it. And it's funny to think about that song would have not gone near as far and had the reach and touched as many lives as it did had John Mark, like just held on to that, that firm like no don't touch my song don't touch my art
0: yeah
1: but because of that it's blessed so many people it's blessed John Mark he's been able to get more of his music out that that people wouldn't have heard had that song not gone places and um yeah I just I remember thinking of that like okay there's there you know there's a time when you can hold on to art and be like hey no this is the way this is this is how I meant I wanted it to come out and this is how I want it to be looked at but um, but then there's a time where it's like, hey, if you will just be willing to like, to give a little bit over here, then yeah, then the Lord can like breathe on this in a way that that probably wouldn't have been able to happen had you done that. And so, yeah,
0: it's the, and that's the part to me of as in terms of a Christian artist, right? Part of the decisions that have to go into it, it like um, John the Baptist, right? Of like he has to become more that I can become less, yeah. and. But and, and as an artist, what that means for me is that like, so my ego, so my like, uh, my really great musical taste has to become less. Yeah, I have to allow people. Can I allow people to see me as someone who likes Rascal Flats, If it means <laughs> it will have it. I mean, that's I'm being I'm being, you know, joking, like using you like,
1: Rascal. you know what? I mean. It's, it's ear candy. It is it's ear really...
0: candy. I can't say I've heard enough Rascal Flat songs, <laughs> but I do get down with some pop country for sure. Yeah, oh, totally. Some. Me too. I don't know, but I'm, you know, I'm being a little bit hyperbolic, but the point being that it's as artists, like allowing our ego to die in a way that I honestly, I never could before I was following Jesus or, um, yeah. you know, before I, before I saw my artistry vocationally, mainly as a way of like following Jesus. I couldn't right. let that stuff go. I still struggle sometimes. But yeah. um, I remember that was really, in fact, it was moving for both me and my wife. I remember that we were like, because we'd had some people at times, like, you, you guys might consider, like, a radio single. Like, not everything has to be weird. Have weird stuff on it, you know? And Oh, um, totally. <laughs> and and, and pe- people, you know, my parents included, had been for years saying, like, hey, you should really think about doing this for others. Yeah. Primarily. And just... Well, I- that, con- totally. that continual for the last five or 10 years, just walking that like, oh, this is what it means to do this for others, not myself.
1: Yeah. And there's so many, even just practically, there's so much, so many times I've heard like a great song and I'm like, man, that the production of that really is distracting over just the fact that this is a great song. <laughs> like, yeah. I wonder what this would feel like if it was just, you know, produced around, the vocals and the, the lyrics and the, you know, the actual song and not just like listen to all the weird stuff going on in this song. This is amazing. <laughs> like I would, I just would love to hear that song just as a song, you know?
0: Yeah. So. It's a fine line. It's, and it can be distracting. And especially in the worship world, the last, I don't know, 10 years, that ambient thing. And like, how do you yeah. blend some of that in so you get vibe and yet can really let it be about the song and about right. like people hearing themselves sing this song, yeah. Not like focused on the worship leader or the voice who's singing it as much as Jesus and the consciousness of Jesus.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you, so, so speaking of Ed Cash and the country and radio and all this, I think you um, envelop a really interesting, like juxtaposition of things, maybe in a number of ways. Like, so you're a worship leader and an artist Yeah. Right? So, and those aren't, like, as an artist, you have, like, songs and radio singles, and you sort of have a certain agenda with those. And as a worship leader, you sort of have a different set of agenda. You also have this, like, pop, rock, and roll meets country thing. And yet (laughs) all of this sort of, like, works for you. It seems seems to work actually really well. How do you balance the tension of some of that, especially like that, for lack of a better word, like the business of being an artist, where you have to put food on? This is your primary... You know vocation and um also being a worship leader who's pointing people to jesus
1: yeah um i don't know i don't <laughs> yeah let's like now i'm doing like lightning round answers um i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no. no uh well i mean i say i don't know just because i, I feel like i'm i'm right at the i don't i don't want to say the beginning of it but it, it does i mean this is my first album that I'm putting out since, you know, like stand in your love and like radio has right. grabbed some of So um this is yeah, this is the first album that's come out where it where that is a thing where I'm like I've traditionally been just like worship leader, worship pastor. I haven't been a worship pastor for like five years now, but um but yeah, known more in the worship world. And then now because of radio stuff, now it's like the artist side has able to come out more that has always been in there and I didn't I don't even think I fully knew until like in the last year or two that like oh yeah there is this artist side of me that I'm pumped about and I love as much as like the worship leader side of me and um and then I think with standing your love and that the vibe that was that song or is that song and then the the vibe that is and that's come out in this new album the countryside of me is like coming out to that's always been in there. And maybe I've stifled it on purpose because I thought that um, if you're going to be a worship leader and you're going to write corporate worship songs, you can't, it can't be like country music. You <laughs> know, it can't yeah. be that, you know, I, no one told me that I just kind of felt that yeah. thought that in my head. And, um, and so just kind of forced myself to steer away from that in some ways. And um and then there's something about Standing Your Love came out and it was just it 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 was such a song that we're, there was no way it wasn't going to sound the way it sounded you know what I mean it's just one yeah. of those it's got its sound and it is you know a country southern rock kind of sound and you're just kind of hard pressed to not make it I mean it's just it it would you would have to very much focus on intentionally not making it sound like that for it to not sound like that. And so, but when that came out and when it was so well received, there was something about it that was like, oh, that that's just me being myself. And that song just sounds like the way I would play it here in the house here. So I should, why don't, what if I just did that with all the songs that I wrote? You know, like, yes. what, you know, it just gave me freedom to just be more myself and let the songs come out the way they want to come out and then maybe even play them in that way and produce them in that and lead them in worship in that way. And then that feels like it's been like very well received. And it's so funny that that feels like such a light that's come on inside, but it's also very basic, like, Hey, just be yourself. And you know, I mean, it kind of has all come down to just like, yeah, if you'll just be yourself and be who the Lord has um, created you to naturally be then there's you know people will gravitate towards that more um the lord breathes i don't know if it's like he breathes on it more or it's just like it's like the sails are like more of the sail the like like i say like a sailboat it feels like i'm finally lifting the sails in my life and really it's just like the wind of his wind has probably always been there I'm just like not fully opening up who I am to catch the wind and um which I've never thought about that until just right now talking about that with you.
0: That's a great uh, metaphor.
1: Yeah, I was like wow, thank you Jesus. This is good. Uh so I don't know I I don't I'm not sure how to um to balance all of those those things except for just keep being myself and keep just You know, when I'm when I'm talking, when I'm doing radio type stuff or that, and I'm just going to be myself and be like, you know, I I can be like the artist who leads worship and just and it comes out in a country way. And just the good thing is that those are all like naturally me and who I am. So I don't have to feel too much, uh, feel too much pressure about trying to be something that I'm not because that's who I am. So totally. yeah, you,
0: it's, there's this, I think it's Mark Twain has a quote and he says, I try not to ever lie because then I don't have to remember as much.
1: Yeah, that's and I, true. There's
0: a, there is an element of that, that like in ministry or in, in, in worship, whatever, as an artist, like the more you're yourself, the more you don't have to really remember what the front that you're putting up. You yeah. Just do it. Yeah. You just be yeah. you. And, and isn't yeah. that, I mean, isn't that what we all really want both as worship leaders and as a congregation member. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember I heard you lead Standing Your Love, like I said, the first time literally from the downbeat of the chorus I was like, I'm in. I don't know what this is but I'm in and I think there is there's something about the authenticity grabbed me. Yeah. Like, yeah. And um and I think that's what everyone John Mark is the same, you know you, you think of like How He Loves and people just really resonated with that song yeah. just is him being him or right. King of My Heart or whatever yeah. I think yeah. that's, I, and I hope for more of that for people like not having to put up the, well, we have to do this like slow or mid tempo, like 75 BPM song, because that's what everybody okay. does and make it sound like Coldplay. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, it, and I think too, when I, when I think about, um, even playing, when I look back and remember playing live shows, um, back in 2019, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, cause I would, I would wonder think like, what am I going to like, these are now, this is more of a concert kind of thing, but I'm all only thing I'm just used to like leading worship. So I don't know how to do the con, you know, be the performer. And that's so that's looked at so bad. Traditionally in worship, it's like, you're not performing. This is for the Lord, you know? So it's, there has been that, like um, a little bit of a coming out of that look, that that um, mentality of looking at like performing as being like bad you know
0: yeah
1: it's coming on the worship side of it that that's what has been said and um and i think and i, and I don't think that's totally fault you know i think that definitely as a worship leader i don't want to like i'm i'm bringing people and trying to point them towards the lord obviously um but then even in on the other side on a I'm using quotes here, <laughs> air quotes. Uh, I'd still, I'd still want to point them towards the Lord. It's just I'm doing it through songs that maybe aren't quite as vertical worship, and so I, it's been. When I, I'm saying all that. It's been a cool process in the last year to, to, um be to do like more of like a concert type thing when I'm when I'm do, like doing these like radio tours or whatever, but also know that I'm still worship leader. I'm still going to. You know, if there's a moment in this time when I feel something on a spontaneous song, or you know, or there's a moment that can be had here in this concert, I'm I'm still going to take it. I'm going to go there, and I think um, I I really feel like because I'm still being my my authentic self, people will trust me and follow me, even if that's like if that's new for them. Yeah, to like be in like a more of a worship setting that's flowing and i'm gonna do it in a way that maybe makes them feel more comfortable and but then also people that maybe are coming to see like the worship leader josh yeah. i'm still i'm i still have enough of that in me in those settings that like yeah we're gonna worship but then also here's some songs that that maybe aren't geared to, to that as much but i'm still being myself so hopefully they will still feel like they got that side of me you know if that makes sense I hope i'm making sense totally
0: i don't want to psychoanalyze too much but i do wonder if you um being an enneagram nine there is a piece of that that you're able to make work that a whole lot of people would really wrestle with
1: i that's that's a great point and i definitely think i think i i struggle with it probably less than than a lot of people who would would like maybe Enneagram fours <laughs> who, who would, sure. who would struggle a little more, who would just, you know, maybe overanalyze? I don't feel like I uh, overanalyze it at all. Even just when you were asking that, I was like, I don't, how do I juggle those? I don't know that I've ever thought about it as much yeah. just because there, wow. yeah, there's a certain way that maybe nines are, I, what is it? Nines can um, see everyone's side or everyone's point of view in some ways and, and, you know, I tend to do that. I side with people in arguments where my wife would just be like, what? She's an Enneagram eight. She's like, no, (laughs) we believe (laughs) this and I will challenge them. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm like, no, I agree with you. I'm on your side, but also, can you see that? I I see, I see their side. I see what they're
0: (laughs) Sounds like a great uh, uh, marriage conversation. We have those many times. So, yeah, you we we you and I connected one time. You came to Indiana last year in the pre when we were allowed to see
1: people and uh you drove, you drove me to my hotel, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like, "Hey, you want to grab coffee?" You're like, "Actually, can you drive
1: can Yeah, you I was like, "Actually, where do you live? Cuz I have to get to the airport hotel tonight and I don't have a car." Do you
0: want to... It was a, it was a it was a fun adventure, but I remember you you um talking about this like kind of weird vibe of like well I'm always a, I've always been a worship leader before and I've always been out with with Bethel but then we go out on these nights you were you were opening for Zach Williams yeah. and you were like I'm like trying to get people to stand up and like a third of the crowd maybe will stand up and you you were just like I, I remember you wrestling with that a little bit of just saying like yeah. well I just do what I can and but yeah it was it was intriguing though to just watch you because in in you know Zach Williams is a very radio kind of artist And yet you led worship that night at it. And which obviously those aren't at all like mutually exclusive things, a Christian radio artist and worship, but, um, the posture of people, you were able to crack people open in an interesting way.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I I mean, I think too, you saw me, that was like towards the end of the year last year where I feel like I'd finally somewhat figured out how to do. (laughs) If you would have seen me on, uh, you know, I was like learning how to, but also, um. Yeah, I think it's. I think it was just like, how can I, instead of. So okay, so I, I you know, I'm from, I'm over here at Bethel, and it's you. You don't really have to lead worship to be a good worship leader over here at Bethel, or you don't really have to be a good worship leader to lead worship well. Here is what I'm saying because people are so postured and positioned in a way to like expect like this is what's happened we're here to worship you know you, you just start the song and people are just like let's go and that is a blessing and unbelievable and speaks to the culture that's been developed and cultivated here for years and years and the leadership that it just has a heart for worship and so that's what we're going after so that being said I know when I went into circles and 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 um in concerts that weren't they're they they're not worship nights you know and yeah and which yeah. is not a bad thing it's just that's not what they were i remember initially getting frustrated like what people were just sitting down like listening to me <laughs> and i'm like i remember talking to somebody and they're like well yeah yeah it's a con- that's what they're there they're they want to hear you sing <laughs> and I'm like oh okay and it just like i had to like Stop thinking that they were doing something wrong. They're not doing yeah. anything wrong. That's they're there to hear you do your, you know, and and it's your job as a performer or leader, or whatever you want to call it, in that moment to engage them with what what's happening, and maybe even engage them with the Lord. And it's like, okay, and in some ways, I I got to learn how to be a better worship leader in those moments because it was like, okay, how do I take a group of people that maybe didn't come thinking they were going to be worshiping and like let's get us that way without um without tricking them necessarily but without like prodding and badgering that you know and and just an instant and and i feel like i finally figured out how to do that in a a way that that felt comfortable for everyone but also yeah there's just like a beauty in it to um to to just realize like okay what are these nights about? And, and this isn't a Bethel music night, or this isn't worship you. This isn't like a worship conference. This is what this is. And this is very special. And I love it. I loved being part of with Zach and that went out with the freaking country guys. And it was amazing. I learned so much from those two uh, artists um, and just how to engage the crowd and walk that line on you know of like performer slash still being true to my worship leader side and and the cool thing is both of those go both of those guys those bands wanted me to come out and do that like they weren't they weren't like come out and be this way or be like us they were like come out and do work, you know do your bethel music worship songs like we want these nights to be this way and so that was amazing and i think too the whole like the fact that like radio is playing more and more worship songs. I mean it's like geared that way maybe even more so than any other way now. Um is is really awesome too. People are coming to concerts like expecting that I mean it, it, that's happening more so now that people come to those nights expecting to just hear like to to worship. And um so that's awesome too and I think that that helped definitely that night that you were there that. um and people hear that I'm with Bethel music. And so it's natural just in them to, you know, prepare their hearts for what they're about to hear. Yeah, and, totally.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned, of course, you're at Bethel. And, um, but I, so what I'm curious, I've been around you guys enough now. I feel like <laughs> comfortable for, you know, like at first I was like, what? So my <laughs> question is, what is it like to be in a cult? a cult I'm, <laughs> I'm getting,
1: well, i've I'm been history,
0: so, no. but I, I i will say i think that's one of the things people are often most intrigued by you know i went to, out to worship school or to a conference or this or that and people are like what what is beth you know and and they get intrigued but i'm i'm curious how you feel like it's shaped you you know as because you mentioned that that is that was something i talked about with a friend i remember when i i think it was the songwriting retreat maybe where we first met two or three years oh, yeah. ago and I remember there's a room of 40 or 50 people and literally whoever's leading worship that day, the first day, first downbeat, they say, just lift up your own song to the Lord. And everyone goes bananas. Yeah. I'd never experienced that before. Yeah. And I was like, and I said almost something really similar. Like you really don't have to be like lead people. There's yeah. there's something about everyone comes all in. And when that happens, maybe it's the, the, um, the wind and the sails metaphor you used. There's something about the Lord. Blessing that and meeting us, you know, meeting groups of people in that space. I wonder how kind of being around that for how many years now has shaped you.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, What? So it's been six years that we've been a part of Bethel Music. Um, And we've lived here for five. I I mean, yeah, I mean, it's been everything. It's been it's the whole culture that is, you know, it's it's the whole. um, There's something about it that's very we are sons, daughters, you come in to those settings, just expecting, it was this expectancy that I don't know that I naturally had. I mean, I definitely expected the Lord to show up and all this, but there's, it's just a whole other level that I, that I hadn't been, um, accustomed to. And, and I think it it is because of the years that have been cultivated here in Bill Johnson, um, 20 plus years of being here. And he was a worship leader. I mean, that's, his heart is to worship. That's like his number one thing. And so when your leader is like that, you know, everyone else is, you know, it just kind of sets the course for, okay, this is where we're going. So, um, and you can tell that you can just feel that you can feel that in the whole church that this is, this is the direction. This is like at the head, all these other things stem from this, that we're going to be a church that worships and, um, yeah. So it does, um, it, it's changed everything. It changes the way I think about writing. It changes the way we go about daily life here at the house. Just um, And I don't even know how to even specifically say that. It's just this, I don't know if it's like a mindset or mentality that it just shifts in you that um, that we do, yeah, just expect the Lord to show up when we worship, which is very basic. And, you know, it's and two or yet- more morning- but yet you find that you don't you yeah, I realize how little I walked in that before. And and I feel like it's it's um I think because of that it's helped me carry that into situations like we we're talking about where maybe you're gonna be in a group of people that don't necessarily feel that way. Or not that they don't feel that way, they just don't know or, you know, haven't been accustomed to it, like you said. And it's like I feel like because I believe so strong that the Lord just will just show up when we were, when I sing, when we worship that I feel like I can, I can like, if I need to be the pilot light to, so to speak in that service that the Lord can like breathe on and like, light the whole thing. I feel strongly that I can be that because I know he's going to show up and I know he has, he's done it time and time again. I see it throughout my history with him and, um, yeah, and I feel like that's that's probably um, has a large part to do with just being here and being, you know, saturated, so to speak, within this environment here of worship and um and and such a culture of honor and all of that. But um,
0: it's amazing. Yeah. I was someone at my church was asking me, you know, I'd been to a few Bethel things and mm-hmm. snooped around you know, Beth, a little bit and, and, and been pretty transformed by some of my experiences with, you know, worship nights or conferences or whatever. And they were like, what is it? And I said, honestly, I don't know. But if you want to encounter like the presence of God, just go. Yeah. (laughs) Like not to, and not, not to say it's going to, it's going to happen and you're going to feel it every time. It's not like a a magic thing. It's, it's more, um, go with expectation. And he seems to bless a group of people doing that with a yeah. lot of expectation i don't know what it is i, I honestly there's yeah. mystery to it but i it's amazing that's
1: no that's totally i've i feel the same way when i've tried to explain it to people I'm like i don't i don't know how to explain it i just it's the presence of the lord and it's i mean i remember the first time i ever came here it was eight years ago and it was a, a night so a sunday night or I i can't remember it might have been a conference um but i was here in red i remember being in the church and i just like worship just started and I just like I couldn't even sing. I was just like crying and just overwhelmed. What I was like, what is this? I've never been around this in my life. And it was like, and it wasn't even like I'd looked around and tons of people were getting touched by the Lord. They were just worshiping. No one was freaking out, falling or <laughs> none, yeah. none of the things you hear that most of that does, is not normal, and doesn't happen. But like, and none of that was happening. And I just felt this weighty presence of the Lord thing and and it was like I was surrounded by people who this was very normal to them and not in a way that that's normal but just in a it was normal in a sense that like yeah this is what happens when we come together and worship and I was like wow like that to me a service like that would be extraordinary at most most places and it was like yeah oh this that night was amazing but But for, for this, these people here, I realized like, oh, it's more not normal if that doesn't happen. Yeah. There's not, you know, and, and yeah, that was, and I didn't know how to explain it to people when I went back. I was like, dude, I don't know. It just, you just got, yeah, you got to be in it and be there. And
0: it's one, it's really the presence of God and countering God. It's just something, it really is very difficult to
1: explain um,
0: without having experienced it.
1: yeah, and that's the thing. It can, he can come in so many different ways, and it, yeah, it's beautiful.
0: Well, man, um, I have uh, it, it kind of in a couple more things that I would love to ask, um, particularly as people are listening that are like, um, that are in this time of life, whether they're a worship leader, a songwriter, uh, a, an aspiring worship leader or a songwriter, they're in school, whatever, but they feel, they're like Josh Baldwin ten years ago. And they feel this like vocational pull or calling towards songwriting and towards worship leading being an artist like w- what what would you say to them or what would you say like what advice would you give yourself 10 years ago
1: and uh, gosh 10 years ago i was getting married Um, <laughs> uh let me think about that i would i mean i would say I think the thing that helped me the most is that I um, I didn't try to like make something happen on my own prematurely necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, I think so many times people try to rush the process and maybe rush what the Lord's doing because maybe we don't see what the Lord's doing beneath the surface. And we try to like, we're like, Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. And you just jump ahead and then, And hopefully when that happens, if that happens, maybe things, doors won't open and it forces you to wait. But if doors do open, (laughs) or maybe premature or something like that, then that could be detrimental to everything. You know, I, I just think about 10 years ago, uh, I, I wouldn't have handled anything, any any of the success or any of the things that's happened to me recently. Man, I'm so glad that it didn't happen to me 10 or 15 years ago when I wanted it to happen so strong. You know, I don't, I'm so glad it didn't happen to me before I got married. I'm so glad I didn't have, I was, I'm so glad I'm able to walk with, through all of this with my wife because she's amazing. She's so strong. She's She was given to me for i mean everything but you know i just i couldn't imagine what i would be like 15 years ago yeah. if i was living this life that i'm living now um
0: i heard jonathan helster say what no longer slaves you know became a big hit and he was i think he was close to 40 and and he said i'm so glad that this didn't happen 10 or 15 years ago cuz i didn't have roots deep enough to carry the fruit yeah. yes wow.
1: that's good. That sounds like Johnny. Look at him.
0: That dude's crazy. Oh,
1: he's amazing. Yeah. I, oh, fun fact, I played drums on Jonathan's first album ever in 2005. Yeah. I was can, you, his...
0: can can people still listen to it? Where? What's...
1: It's called The Awakening. It's... I think it, I'm pretty sure he's still got it up. We're about Jonathan. to find out. Are you looking at okay. that? I'm playing drums on that. We have no click track and it's just. <laughs> Oh man. It is just,
0: it's there. Special. It's on Spotify. It's, oh gosh.
1: Yeah. That's me.
0: Everyone's going to go Google that.
1: That's yeah. The that's Lord. Amazing. Yes. The Lord spared both Johnny and I those years back <laughs> here. Um, Yeah. I think that would be my biggest thing though is yeah. That, what Johnny said that it's, I'm so glad. I mean, I'm 41 right now and, I'm so glad that all of this is happening now and not 10 years ago. Yeah, I, it, it, it's, it, I think even what we were talking about earlier were how do you juggle worship leading artists all that. Um, I don't think I would have known how to do it back then, because I wouldn't have been probably wouldn't have been true to my authentic self, and just not had the life that I've had to live the last 10, you know, the experience and the ups and the downs and the almost quitting multiple times i mean almost quitting before we signed with bethel almost quitting after i mean months before i wrote "Stand Your love i had a conversation and it was december 2017 i remember my wife and i having a conversation where we were like barely ma- getting by um we were just i was just like i don't know if i can keep traveling like this if it's not you know, if I'm going to be away from my family it needs to like be worth it in some extent, you know, like all of this, I'm like, should we keep doing this? Should I just go get a job at a church and just let's settle down and we'll figure something else out. And I remember we almost stopped. We didn't almost like quit by the means, but we almost just stopped like trying to do the traveling artist, worship leader guy life. And, um, and then I remember she, she was like, okay, let's, she's like, I have the strength and grace, I feel like, for like one more year to like push through. And um, let's get let's do this one more year and just see what happens. And then, you know, at the end of the next year, we'll just kind of reevaluate and maybe it's time to like, you know, <laughs> do something else. And then a month later, uh, I wrote Standing in Love. Mm. And, and that was like one of those songs where you just, you immediately, I immediately know, I didn't know how special it was going to be, but I knew, oh, wow, this is a really special song. And then, you know, a week later, were, Bethlehem was like, let's, you know, this is going to be on the album. It's going to be the single, the lead, sing. you know, all that happened literally a month after we made that decision to like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll do this one more year. So like, we've almost stopped so many times and, and not because we were fed up just because we are like, you know, I don't. I'm tired and I want to make sure that I'm not um, – not, uh, I don't want to get burnout. And maybe I, I've gotten close to burnout a lot and the Lord has been gracious and that we've um, somehow missed it and just done – really, I think right at the end of – right before I crossed over into burnout zone, the, the grace of the Lord, and the mercy of God came and brought something that brought life or brought yeah. a time of rest. That, that was like okay yes and um yeah so I, I think i would just say to people like don't don't go don't look don't look so far ahead into where you want to be that you miss like the journey that it's going to take to get you there that will not just get you there but it'll actually be able to sustain you i mean it's i talk about the song evidence um this this album um coming out i uh, i was talking about that with somebody the other day and i was like the the thing about the, uh, my this song is it talks about the my history with the lord and his faithfulness in my life and what it's done is like uh, in seasons like this year when it feels crazy and it feels like the world's coming to an end i can take my history with the lord and his faithfulness in my life and let that produce this faith and this encouragement that i need in the, in times like this that will get me through this, you know? And that's what, and that's what I think the last 10 years have been as far as like for this season of my life, I've been able to take, I can look pat, look back and see his hand on my life through these years. And they are what's keeping me um, stable in seasons where, you know, it's crazy, it feels dry or it feels weird or, but then also in the seasons when it feels um, really amazing I also remember those times. I remember the times the Lord walked with me in those years where it felt like I wanted to give up. And I, I'm reminded of that. And so then in these years I can approach these years of success or fruit and with a grateful heart, looking back to what he brought me through, you know? Boy, in that a word for 2020? Whew, man, it's, it's 2020. Scary. It's so funny that, I feel like at the beginning of the year, all the pastors were like, 2020 year of vision, and people (laughs) joked about it, and then it it is what it is. But it's funny. I was like, I was talking to Sheila, and I was like, it is a year of vision. I mean, it's like, what else can we do this year but sit back in our homes and and get vision for the next five years Yeah. because it's forced us all to stop, slow down, and so then, yeah, okay, well, let's take this year to thank the Lord for what he's done. And then also just like look ahead and be like, okay, what do the next five years look like? So it has been your vision. <laughs> Hashtag what
0: 2020 Vision. Yeah. Josh Baldwin's next album. Yeah. You've got, well, you've released like 17 albums this year already. So you could do another one this year at the end and that could be the title,
1: 2020 Vision. <laughs> hey, I'm, I feel like I'm one of the only guys that's just releasing albums and not singles and EPs. I'm like, no, the whole thing. Let's go.
0: Yeah. It's still, I'll tell you what, that's going to come back around anyhow. So good, good on you. Well, hey, man, <laughs> I wonder if you would pray over people, um, sure. maybe particularly people that are feeling that you know, they want to give up or they, you know, or they're in this space where they're pushing ahead and trying. Um, man, I wonder if you would just pray for people, whoever's listening right now.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Well, Lord, we just, I thank you for um for this opportunity to just talk about you and about your faithfulness in my life and my family's life. And uh, yeah, Lord, I pray that right now, just as people are hearing this, that you would strengthen them, strengthen their um, their walk with you, strengthen their families, their home life, Lord, their church life. I just pray that you would just breathe on uh, the things that people are, um, the, just breathe on people's dreams right now, Lord. And I pray that you would also just help them if anyone's there who is just feels like they're in this season of struggling, I know we're all in a season. That's crazy right now. So we're probably all feel like we're in a season. That's, that's a struggle, but I know there's some of us that are even more in that. And, and that we have these dreams that are in our heart, but maybe we feel like they're, they're, we're not anywhere near seeing them come to pass. Father, I pray that you would just give uh, give us a grace, give them a strength now that will carry them through this season and that would not just carry them through, but give them um, little nuggets and and songs or whatever it is they're doing that they can look back on. And in seasons of fruitfulness down the road, they can look back on this season and see how you carry them, see how you, you, you were giving them things that they were going to use later. And, um, Lord, I pray that you would just that you would do that, that you would breathe on uh, uh, these this season and let it be life to, to, um, to the artists, especially Lord, I like give, give us new songs, Let's give them new, new songs that, and new books, wh- whatever they're doing. Oh, I pl- Lord, I pray that you would just breathe on the writing that's happening right now. And, um, yeah, touch people's home life. Lord, in this time where some people aren't able to go to church still, Lord, I pray that you would just bring church to home <laughs> in a way that there's like a revival happening in families right now. Mm-hmm. And I pray that there's a revival that happens in the homes across this country, across this, wherever people are listening to, that um, is far greater than anything that would have happened at um, at church. And that, that church wouldn't just be about buildings. that It would be about also family and home life too. So, yeah, I know you've done that in our lives. And we are so grateful for this year and for what you've done. So, yeah, I just thank you for that, Jesus. Your name, amen. Amen.
0: You can check out Josh's music or follow him on the links in the show notes. Both of Josh's records that he released in 2020, like I mentioned, are amazing. I'm not sure which one I like more. You should definitely check them out wherever you listen to music. The theme music for The Secret Chord is shamelessly supplied by my band, Mountaintops. If you dig it, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook, follow us on Spotify, or listen wherever you listen to music. Stay up to date on new episodes of this show by following us on Instagram at... The Secret Chord Podcast or hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. That way new episodes will just pop up straight in your library. Thanks for listening guys. See you next time.